in three, two, one, and welcome back. What's poppin' fight fans? We are here for the Mystic Hour episode nine. Nine, right? We're on nine now, Nick. At this point, Jeez. nine. Yeah, we're we almost in the double some, digits now. We're almost in the double digits. You already know the boy Nick is in the house. We got some special guests with us today. The man, the culture podcast, all the sports, fight, fight sports, culture, surge, the fight podcast in the house. Thank you so much, man. Thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. This is going to be fun. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Then we got the man, breaks it down, Mr. Jiu-Jitsu over there, Mr. Aldrich, the fight dialogue. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you guys. Serge, what's going on, my man? Um, absolutely, absolutely. Welcome, guys. Um, let's get it started. Before we get into the uh, fight news and topics in the fights over this weekend, yesterday we had the NBA Finals Game <laughs> 1. We had the first game of the NBA Finals. <laughs> the Lakers defeated the Miami Heat. Uh, it was close in the first quarter. The Heat were actually up by, I think, as much as 13 points. There you go, Serge. I like that, Serge. Oh, my goodness. We have another Lake show going on here. I wasn't aware. They were up by at least 13 points, and the Lakers ended up taking over. Uh, Goran Dragic went out with an injury. Uh, Sir, um, Bam Adebayo had a, an issue as well, neck issue. Uh, let's go with uh, the Lakers fan himself first. Serge, how do you feel about that game? Oh, come on, man. It's exactly what we knew was going to happen. I mean, I picked Miami to actually get to the finals. Um, I told everybody they were my dark horse. And they are they're exactly who I thought they were, man. I love them. I'm happy about them. I'm happy that they've gotten there. But look, man, it's, it's, it's not enough, man. It's not enough. The Lakers are and have been the best team in the league from pillar to post. They've played in the best division. Did they have the two best players in the league? Come on, fam. Like, what, what do we expect is going to happen? I picked originally a gentleman's sweep because I respect Miami so much. Ugh, I'm going to keep it with the gentleman's sweep. But, man, that I, I just want to just go ahead and just say it. But I'm not. I have too much respect for your organization, man. I love Miami and what they're doing. <laughs> well, the Miami Heat fan himself, Nick, what do you, what do you have to say after game, uh, game one? You know, I'm, I'm not really disappointed with the first loss because every finals that Miami has been in that they lost their first game, they actually went on to win those finals. So I'm not too upset about that. But what you I guys am, don't I have obviously... LeBron or D-Wade. You guys had them last time. I mean, there's nothing no, to talk no, but about hey, now. No, you know, we, got, we actually got depth now, man. You know what? But this is like I was getting to, you know, I what, what upset me about yesterday's result wasn't so much the loss. It was the loss of players to injuries, um, especially impact players, obviously, like Goran Dragic. Um, Jimmy Butler, I know that he's a dog. He's going to keep playing. And, um, and Gordon Dragic is actually trying to keep playing, even with that uh, crazy. But, I mean, Bad I don't idea. think it's really worth it. Um, <laughs> and then, obviously, Bam out of bio, that hurt too. So, of course, it, yeah. it sucks that, I mean, you don't want to have any injuries to your team, especially this team that I actually I, I, I love so much because, for once, I feel like we actually have depth all around. We have the perfect combination of, of uh, veterans and, and of, um, of youth. But, um, but yeah, man, it just sucks that, like, of all the three injuries that we had, it could have been Solomon that got hurt. It had to be, like, no offense to Solomon, but it's just like, you know, it could have been Miles, uh, you know, Myers Leonard that got hurt, you know, a guy that, you know, these guys that typically don't play that much anyways. But um, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see. I'm, I'm one of those people, like, um, I'm sure you guys seen our, our shows, even with, like, the fights or in any sports, you know, it's not over till it's over. So, um, and I don't even want to give a prediction because I, I, I just come to learn that these things are out of my control. So... 
So, you know, I'm just going to hope for the best and, and see what happens. Like I told Darnell, like it'd be cool for the Lakers to win it this year, especially what happened with Kobe, um, yeah. to see LeBron do it in his 17th year. But um, I feel obviously I'll, I'd be rooting for them if it wasn't against the Heat, of course. So, of course, I got to, I got to, you know, support my home team and, and I'm a homer for life, though, you know, uh, just like Mr. UD. <laughs> Aldrich, what do you got to, what do you got to say about that first game? Um, well, you know, Shannon Sharp is one of my favorite people, so of course, yeah, like old Goat James. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shannon Sharp has the best speech ever. Let me grab my black and mild and my head is <laughs> no. Um, actually, um, it was it was a close game. I spent the dog fight just so you guys know. I'm a Mavericks fan, so you know, I don't care out of team right now, but um, but yeah. It was a great game. Uh, the Lakers showed that they are the favorite for a reason. And, you know, it sucks. Like you said, the injuries happened to, you know, Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle twice. George Dragic hurt his foot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and man. bam with the shoulder injury. But, you know, um, you know, it was a close game, like you said, in the first. And then it just picked up, you know, ever since Rondo hit that shot and KCP showed up. You know, it's it, it's unfortunate. You know, I still got the Lakers in five, but you know they might pull off that sweep. I don't know, but anything happens. But it it just shows that what Miami is struggling with. You know, they really necessarily don't have like the bigs. You know, they have length on that team. You got Dwight Howard, you got AD, you got LeBron who can rebound, and on top of that, you got guys who have Finals experience on the Lakers team. Rondo, LeBron, um, Quinn Cook, Dwight Howard, all these guys have been in the finals. So, you the know. Entire squad, just keep listening. Danny Green, JaVel McGee. Just keep saying it. I was going to cut it and say that because the Lakers team, and this is how I feel, I keep it short and sweet. Miami Heat and the Lakers. Miami may have some kind of depth on their bench, but you just can't compare it to the, the, the veterans on the Lakers team and the guys who have so much experience being in the playoffs, being in the finals. And you got, you know, amazing guys like Tyler Hero on the Miami Heat who has a lot of guts, a lot of courage. Like, he's strong. And he's great. playing really in high play. school two years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Playing in high school two years ago. You know, you know, now that's, I think that's what actually hurt us yesterday the most was just that our hottest guys just were, were off yesterday. And I think, and another thing that hurt too was that it wasn't necessarily AD and, and Braun that were giving us troubles. It was the other guys. It's the guys that's, like Caruso. And, that's um, the thing. If those guys are, if those guys like, are These guys on. that you don't expect to, to really have big games, you know? So Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys an uncomfortable truth, okay? <laughs> this has been over, okay? This is the series is over. <laughs> and the reason the series is over is because you look at it, think about it like this. What the Lakers have done is shut down. If you're on fire, they shut you down. Going into coming from the bubble, going into the first round, hottest team by far, Portland. Gentlemen sweep, get out of here. It's nothing. Next series, we have, we got the two back, MVPs, literally, two MVPs, nasty. Best three-pointing shooting team in the league, all offense. Those boys can barely crack 100. And all of a sudden, we have this next team that is, is the definition of the David, you know, the David versus the Goliath. They're coming up, whooping everybody's ass. They're the most resilient team, two of the hottest players in the league. Shut them down, too. It, 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 dude, this is what they do. Miami, here it comes. Hottest team in the league. They're looking amazing. It's great. Gentlemen sweep. Have a fun, have a fun holiday. It's, it's whatever. We'll, we'll, see. To that just yet. we'll see. Time will tell. We'll see what happens. But speaking of dominance, uh, as the Lakers did yesterday, we had UFC 253 
this past weekend. Ooh. Israel Adesanya took on Paulo Costa in a main event that a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be crazy. But Israel Adesanya came in there and he did exactly what he said he was going to do is just destruct Paulo Costa. Nick, how do you feel about that fight? I feel terrible because I, I still have yet to get a perfect pick. No, how did you figure, how did you feel about your pick? Let's start with that first. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so this is the thing. I picked Paulo Costa. I don't know if this was just to sort of like go against the grain or or just because Costa? I, I – Yeah, I picked Costa. Can you believe that? Hey, but you know what? Darnell went three for five as well, so he can't give me any shit. No, yeah. So, um, hey, man, hey, when you so, play – when you, you make picks – Hey man, we lose. It's the it hardest word. It, Dude, anything, it, anything. It, I, that's the thing, man. I feel like anything's a fifty-fifty. Obviously, it didn't, it didn't prove to be that. But um, my, my mindset going into it, and it took a long time picking too, because usually we do our shows on Thursdays, and um, when we did our show last Thursday, I didn't have my pick for for that particular fight. Um, but it, my, my mindset was thinking that I felt Adesanya was a bit too patient in his last fight. And I felt like that that Costa was going to take advantage of that and come in a lot quicker. He didn't. He started off patient as well, which I thought was a big mistake. And once I saw how patient he was, I was like, Jesus, I fucked this one up. So, I mean, I, I, it's, it's Alessandro. So, like, if you want to play his game, you're going to lose it. Like, you got you to gotta come at him quick and hope and hope that you, ca- you make the, the connect and, and knock him out early. Because otherwise, he'll defeat you in any other way because he's just probably the most dynamic fighter in the UFC right now. Uh, Serge, did you think uh, Israel Adesanya was going to go in there and just dominate the way that he did? Or do you think Costa was going to have this, land this, some shots? This fight literally went exactly like I thought it was going to go. Yeah, it, It's one of those fights that, um, and, and if anybody wants to check, you guys can go listen to the fight podcast. I've been saying this. Um, I, I generally looked at it. I thought this was a complete mismatch. Um, not only are we talking about the physical attributes, talk about somebody who is 6'4 with an 80-inch reach in comparison to somebody who's 6'1 with a 71-and-a-half-inch reach. You know, you're looking at that aspect of it, and we're looking at the styles of the two athletes and how they both attack. And then it just, um, and just in terms of just intelligence and ring generalship, I think people aren't giving Adesanya enough credit in terms of, you know, oh, what did Polo Costa do wrong? Well, look, man, Costa goes out there and he is a destroyer. Seek and destroy, he goes out there. Yoel Romero, for the most part, is a seek and destroy type of dude. He goes out there and gets people. Um, granted, his last, I'd say, maybe about five fights, he has been far more of a counterpuncher in terms of Yoel. Yeah. But in terms of Costa, he goes out there and gets you. What has happened to everybody that goes out there to try and get Adesanya? We can go down the list of guys and you look at it. Derek Brunson, got your face knocked off. Robert Whitaker, you got your face knocked off. Carlo Costa. So when you go out there, what happens is I think people don't understand how intimidating he actually is to be in front of. He is, again, that was his 100th career win, his 100th combat sports win. He has been fighting, and he's seen those styles. Polo, Polo Costa could not in training replicate Israel, the last eyebender, Adesanya. He couldn't do that. Adesanya. But, That's how you say last name. Adesanya. That's right. I like that. You got to say it the right way. You got to say it the right way. You got to say it, you know, especially on national, or what is it, uh, um, Nigerian Independence Day today. You got to show That's right. I'll be a Nigerian Independence Day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but um, when you look at that and you look at all what he's done in his fights, you cannot replicate Adesanya in the gym, but what you can replicate in the gym is a meathead slugger who just walks forward and throws leg kicks. 
if we go back and look at his kickboxing matches that he had, that, that's, that's a poor man's version of Jason Wilness. I mean, that's exactly what that was. You look at it, he's seen this style time and time again. He is way too smart. That fight was over within the first 10 seconds of that fight. He downloaded information that quick, and it was a wrap. Aldrich, how do you feel about the post-fight antics that, that happened where he humped Paulo Costa two times and then walked over to his coach, his coach said, we're coming for you, and then Israel Adesanya repeating and said, no, I'm coming on you. <laughs> how do you, how do you feel about uh, Israel Adesanya doing those post-fight? You felt that it was, it was uh, okay since Paulo Costa was talking so much, or maybe it's, it's very uh, unsportsmanlike? You damn right it was already talk shit. Costa was talking <laughs> shit all the way up to the fight. So I just saw you got the last laugh. I mean, I talk, and Coach Eric, he talked a lot of nonsense. I, I was like, I hope you get shut up. And he did. And if he was coming to Adesanya, it's on it's, uh, an um, thing and all that. So I'm like, well, you guys not saying thing about Costa. So, I mean, he could talk all the shit he want. He decimated the man within two rounds. Um yeah, I don't mind it. Talk your shit, my man. Oh yeah, and leave us white belts alone, okay? Us white belts represent. <laughs> after he white, the, white belt forever. White belt forever. Nick, how do you feel about uh, Paulo Costa doing that before the fight, throwing a white belt at him and kind of just getting in his face, even though they met up in the hallway last week, which we talked about, and they were fine. They shook hands. He even touched Paulo yeah. Costa. Then all of a sudden, they get into the uh, the face to face, and he throws a white belt at him. What's 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 going on there? Is that fake? Is Paulo Costa doing that for show? I mean, it could be some sort of, you know, WWE antic. It wouldn't be the first or last time that we see that type of behavior. Um, I mean, I didn't necessarily mind it. Like we, like we talked about, you know, with obviously, like, where do we draw the line, especially with uh, Adesanya's uh, behavior after the fight, after he won. You know, when we talked about uh, Kobe and, and, and Tyron's fight, you know, when, um, you know, where, at what point do we, you know, say no to this or no to that? And obviously, like we said, that this is a league that has no boundaries. Um, so, I mean, as far as people that have issues with it, uh, I mean, I think you're watching the wrong sport. Um, and if you are offended by it, like I said, that's your right to be offended by it, but don't be surprised when you see things like that. Um, but you know, what's funny is that Adesanya, he, he talks about a lot and I know like, it's interesting hearing his story about it. He was bullied a lot as a kid. And so he likes to stand up to these bullies and, you know, like, obviously we've seen that Paulo Costa is, uh, is a, uh, is a bully, Very but, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's almost like it, I feel like it's one of those like Batman kind of things. It's like you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself from the villain. And I'm actually kind of wondering, is Adesanya going going into that villain territory? Is he now all of a sudden becoming the bully? Because obviously you see the way that he talks about, um, you know, all these fighters, even John Jones, like with all this beef that's going on between them. Which, which we are perfect timing because we're getting straight into that. John Jones, as soon as that fight was over, the first thing that he did was go at Israel Adesanya and just start tweeting his life away. Twitter fingers turned to twi trigger fingers. I don't know. John Jones was coming at Israel Adesanya. He was saying things about his dad. How would your dad feel about that? And just telling him he's making excuses before he wants to fight him. He should have fought him when he won the title. I don't know what's going on in the mind of John Jones. Serge, what do you got for me? Yo, all cap. All cap on John Jones. <laughs> I'm calling it now. That's all cap. We talking about a man who's going out there. You have the audacity. He has the, the mitigated gall to go out there and literally say, oh, you didn't want to fight me right after you won the title and you were in the, in the organization. This man has been in the organization for a little over two years and has already defended his belt going, what, going on the fourth time? Yep. Literally, he's beaten seven out of the mm -hmm. top ten guys in his, his weight class. 
John Jones won his title in 2011 and has yet to move up to another weight class. He has not gone to heavyweight. He has not tried to do anything else aside from stay comfortable and be exactly where he's at. So how are you going to sit there and say, and now you, it's cool when somebody from a lower weight class talks about the heavier weight class. I'm going to come up and get you. But you're talking about a guy who's literally a heavyweight now talking about a 185 pounder. And look how you long look it took like him. Look how long look it took like him to get to heavyweight too. It took him a long you know time to even it get up there. It took him a decade. It took him a decade of being in the UFC before he finally decided, "Hey, maybe I'll go in heavy." And then he sits here, literally runs away from Reyes. And I didn't believe that at first, but I believed it the moment he, after Reyes gets his face knocked off, he turns right back around and says, "Hey, man, Jan, good job. Maybe I should come back down to win my belt back." <laughs> that, that's so trash. That is so trash that he did it, man. I'm calling all cap on John Jones. He's just trying to keep his name relevant because at the end of the day, we're looking at right now the guy who has the ability to be the biggest star that this sport has ever seen. I got a question for everybody. Does Israel Adesanya and John Jones fight each other within the next year? Aldrich, I'll start with you. Uh, it's a possibility they will. The thing is, though, what weight class? Um... I could see that fight possibly happening, but I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen. You know, um, it's not on the lines of uh, Tony and Khabib uh, a fight, but, you know, I could probably see them ha- fighting. But it depends what weight class. Will he drop back down to 205, or is he just go to light heavyweight or just go straight to heavyweight? That's the, that's the main thing. Nick? I, I, don't, I don't think it happens. I think it's all fluff. I don't, I, I, as entertaining as it would be and as, as people would love to see it, I don't, I think that's something that just won't happen. And, and like Serge, I'm not really buying into this whole, you know, act by John Jones. I think John Jones, like he, he's already moving up. So now what, he's going to go back to his old division or he's going to go back lower. He's not going to do that. He like, and I hate to say it because obviously, you know, some people think that he's the greatest of all time, respectfully so. Uh, but I, I don't see it happen. Serge? Ah. Uh, man the ufc likes making money man and i'll be very honest with you i think this was going to happen because i'll be the first one to say it israel is not only the best 185 pound middleweight in the world he's also the best 205 in the world right now (laughs) right now he's the best 205 in the world so if he really wants to go up there and walk up there and take yon's belt he can do it today Okay, like let's just keep it keep it a bean, right? That that's what it is. Um, so I think that that fight is a fight that will eventually happen. Um, I'm looking at probably if not the end of 2021, where Adesanya not only gets an opportunity to defend his belt one or two more times at 85, then he's going to go up and win the belt, and then they'll try to set that fight up. So I can see that fight happening at the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022. I can. I'm going to agree with that with 20, 2021 probably. John Jones is going to do his thing at heavyweight. And he's not when he even when he goes up, he's not going to be that big of a heavyweight anyways. So for him to have to cut back to 205 won't be a big hard like issue for him to do. He's not that big of a guy for that weight class. So he'll cut down. Israel Adesanya might have that belt already at 205 because there's not that many people for him to fight at 185 anyways. So he'll move up by that time. John Jones will be challenging Israel he's Adesanya. He's going to a shark tank though. I shark think tank. Give him the, the give him credit that he deserves. He's going yeah. to a shark tank to and, get and, there. And John mm-hmm. Jones keeps talking about, oh, you're not fighting anybody. You're not. You haven't gone through who I've gone through. There's a lot of guys he's fought. Look at 
when he fought Kevin Gastelum. Look how he looked after that fight. That was a war. Yo, Martin Vittori is a Martin monster. Martin Vittori is a monster, and people it's don't talk about monster. him enough, too. So we got to give Israel Adesanya that credit, but I think he'll have that belt next year, and I think John Jones will be challenging Israel Adesanya for the light heavyweight championship next year. But for now, we have a new light heavyweight uh, king, Jan Blakowicz. I made the big mistake, and I changed my pick last minute. I don't know what was going on with me. Why? If you listen to the podcast last week, I talked about the Polish power. I talked about Reyes. His head is probably not there, and he's going to get knocked out. And then for some reason, I'm just like, you know what? Reyes did so well against John Jones. I think he'll squeeze it out and beat Jan. But uh, Jan did his thing. He knocked out Reyes in that second round. He landed that body, that body kick in the first round, which was just Holy God, if you watch that fight again uh, for the viewers, it is crazy how he just kicked him to the body and left that mark on him. But um, we got a new light heavyweight uh, king. How long is he going to be up there? Aldrich, I'll start with you. Um, You know, Jan has proven time and time again, don't count the underdog out because you just <laughs> never know. I had picked Reyes to win that fight. I saw it going the distance. I ain't seen him knocking his ass out in the second round. But um, I can, I can see him. <laughs> I could see him possibly holding on to the belt a little, but I do see this belt changing hands. I don't see him for a while, but I can't count Jan out. You know, shout out to Poland. Y'all, y'all partying up there. Well-deserved. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nick, how'd you feel about his performance? Oh, I was ecstatic, especially after you called my pick garbage picks. All my picks garbage picks. I, I was just like, all right, I'm going to get one of these right. And I, especially, it took me by surprise that you had picked Dominic because I was just like, dude, we were just talking about how Jan Blakovic is gonna is just basically going to annihilate him. And those kicks, man, Jesus Christ. When I saw when I saw that first kick and immediately it started reading, I was just like, this is not going to go the distance because he's going to get a couple more kicks in there. And I didn't think he was going to knock him out that way. I thought it was just going to be TKO that he wasn't going to be able that uh, just the the doctors were going to call it off. I mean, there was mean kicks. As far as you know, how long is he going to hold on to it? I think he holds on to it for a little bit. Um, I don't see anybody really right now uh, that's that's going to take it away from him. Uh, I know Teixeira and Rumble, uh, Rumble, and Rumble coming be, back. Oh, that's true. Rumble's <laughs> coming back. Yeah, but I mean, Rumble's been out for a while, so I don't. I don't know. Would he get that fight right away? You think? You think he get Absolutely. that fight right away? One hundred percent, he will. Especially with the manager that he has in Ali Adelaziz, you know, he gets his fighter championship fights very easily, very fast, and he gets a really good fight. So I think they'll give him somebody top five off the bat, and then he'll beat that person because he's knocked out everybody that's not uh, Daniel Cormier or John Jones in that division. So I see him going straight to a top five uh, person. But um, Serge, you think Reyes was still thinking about John Jones the whole entire time? He still was riding that wave that I beat John Jones, Ray? He was feeling himself. And I had this fight wrong. I I thought that he was going to go in there and actually – conduct himself as the champion i thought he was gonna have hit that championship rub i thought he was gonna say you know what man this is now my opportunity this is my weight class and i'm gonna dominate it and such and watch what i do with yan and yo to yan's credit i swear to you i don't think i've ever picked yan i think i pick against him every time (laughs) every time (laughs) but man but he's tough he is tough and he must hit like thor's hammer that dude lays thunder when he when he lands punches. He is extremely savvy in his awkwardness, and um, and he he gets it done, man. But I'll be I'll be the first one to say, does he keep the belt a long time? Are we going to see the the, the beginning of Polish power and this reign of Jan Blachowicz? Fuck no, 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 not at all. Like, yeah, yeah like I think this dude probably loses the fight. I mean, you forget Tiago Santos knocked him out. Correct. 
Tiago Santos, if he gets through Gilbert to share, which I thoroughly believe he will, he's going to go out there and knock him out again. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I think that title will be exchanged hand in hand because think about it. You have two guys who've held the belt for over a thousand. One guy who's held the belt for 1,800 days. One guy who's held the belt for 1,700 days. That's 1,800 days John Jones, 1,700 days Daniel Cormier. And then aside from that, it's Jan Blachowicz. Those two guys are generational talents. John is a good fighter. He's a good fighter, and I think that at the end of the day, this is amazing. I'm happy for his story. I think this is an amazing story. He got it. His wife was in the corner. Happy days. This is beautiful. <laughs> yep. You'll probably get touched your next fight. <laughs> so uh, a question for everybody. We'll go around here. Who does, um, who does Jan fight next? Who is the number one contender? Is there a number one contender yet? Is there a fight that has to happen before the, that happens? The fight, uh, it's happening in a couple weeks. It's the fight with... Um, with uh, Santos and Doug Glover to share. So whoever wins that fight. Yeah, Dana, I think, I, I might be, hope I'm not making that up. I don't know why I just heard it, but I think the winner of that fight gets it. Or if not, I mean, they're the highest ranked guys and they probably should get it. Uh, yeah. Nick? Well, I think somebody that's going to be perhaps, although I don't think he's deserving necessarily uh, right now of a title shot is uh, Alexander Rakic. Um, Ooh, I think that would problem. be a, a nice, a nice uh, Eastern European battle right there. But um, I think whoever gets the the win between Glover Teixeira and uh, and Thiago Santos would be the one that would be the appropriate fighter to get Jan Blakovich next. Albert, I'll I'll agree as well too. Pending how everybody come out, no injuries, anything like that. So um, you know, but yeah, definitely the winner of that fight should get it. But like Nick said, Alexander uh, Rakic, like that's the guy to look out for too. I'm going to get crazy, guys, and I'm going to say that when Anthony Johnson enters the UFC, he's going to go straight to a title shot, and it's going to be Jan Blagowicz versus Anthony Rumble Johnson And then they get January. Anthony Rumble gets the title. Oh, there it is. Book it. <laughs> Off the top. Book it. <laughs> but this weekend, we got uh, a really good fight card with um, the main event being Holly Holm versus uh, Irina Aldana. Uh, we got a good striking matchup here. Uh, none of them are grapplers, as we know that, but we got a good stand-up battle, and pretty much it should be Kind of a number one contenders for Amanda Nunes. I'm guessing, even though Juliana Pena is fighting Jermaine Neuronomy, and Jermaine Neuronomy is actually the number one contender, but for some reason, Holly Holm wins one fight, she gets a title shot. Holly Holm wins one fight, she gets a title shot. This has just been a, an ongoing thing for a very long time. But um, how are you guys feeling about this fight? Uh, Aldrich, we'll start with you. Um, so, well, uh, put together fight, you know. Um, the bantamweight division, Amanda New has another another dominant champion has reigned over that division for some years, and she's pretty much cleared out talent. And you know, you have a rising star in Aldana who's been making her way through her last performance is knocking out Caitlin Vieira um, with that right hand, and then Holly Holm who just came off a split uh, a what split decision win against Raquel Pennington. So you know, boring. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> But, um, you know, this is going to be a good fight. Whoever wins this, convincing enough, should fight Nunes for the title. Holly Holm, this would be title shot number four if she wins. 37. 37. Wow, 37. <laughs> 37. <laughs> too, too many. Too many. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead, Albert. But, yeah, um, it's going to be a great strategic battle. I will lean towards maybe Holly Holm more because she does have the experience. Um, Aldana is somebody to look out for. She's dangerous, but I will go on uh, the former champ in this fight. Serge, is Holly Holm going to turn into a grappler against Irina Aldana? Is that going to happen? Is she going to go for the takedown like she did when she fought Megan Anderson? I, look, man, I, 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 
Holly Holmes is washed. Holly Holmes has been washed, and <laughs> at the end of the day, it, it's like they, she keeps getting these opportunities. Donna's gonna beat her ass. I, I, I really like. I, I look at this. Um, Holly Holmes is somebody that is is something that it's. It, she has that Tyron Woodley syndrome. She can never let her hands go. She yeah. sits there and she holds it and she holds it and she holds it and then she might throw a little teep, but she never lets her hands go. And she always loses to aggressive fighters that are going to come forward who can who are aggressive strikers. She's about to get touched up once again against another aggressive quality striker. Now we're not talking about somebody who's just like some like they're like I'm Bechkohea, good striker, right? Like no, <laughs> we're talking about somebody who is a legitimate striker. And think about it, Caitlin Vieira was everyone thought was gonna get a title shot against the man in the climbing that and then yeah. Aldana went out there and put laid the hammers on her. That wasn't even a close fight. So I'm gonna be honest with you, I see uh Aldana going out here and getting another finish. I see this being a second round Probably TKO. Nick, what uh, what, what's gonna happen? Aldana gonna knock out home. Home gonna outpoint her. What's gonna What's gonna happen? I mean, I can see that. I I, I agree with Serge. She she, t- she tends to be hesitant with her fighting and throwing those hands. Um, if she does get Aldana against the cage and probably just ride it out, um, like she has been kind of with her last boring fights, uh, I think that maybe she squeezes out a win. Um, I try not to to uh, go against too much against uh, Holly Holm because she tends to upset a lot. A lot of people tend to have a lot of um, doubt towards her, especially at her age that she's 38. But I mean, it's just it's incredible how fit she is for every one of these fights. Like you would think that like at this point of her career that she would be like it's a bit more on the on the decline as far as her fitness. But she always comes extremely fit. Um, that being said, though, I, like I said, if she can't control. Aldana against the cage, then Aldana is gonna is gonna win this fight as well. Early, pretty like first or second round. It's it's very weird. It's very weird to see that I have to think about Holly Holm, the boxer, grappling with Arena Aldana, which is a pretty good boxer herself. She has that Mexican style, that push forward kind of style, and I have to think about Holly Holm sitting there gonna try to take her down. I get it's MMA, but Holly Holm, you are a striker. You came into the UFC with those throwing those those head kicks. You're a boxer for many years. You were a champion. I just don't understand. Yeah, multiple times champion. I don't understand how she's just lost that. I don't know if it's a Greg Jackson thing, which sometimes I think about because they kind of change some people's styles, even though they have the greatest fighter of all time. But that's a different story because he's just a talent. So so was Holly Holm when she was boxing. But for the first time, I, mean, I don't usually say this and I don't want to say this, but I just hope Holly Holm gets it's a de- definite finish and, and Aldania knocks her out. And then we see somebody different against Amanda Nunes. And I feel like that'd be a very entertaining fight. And Nunes might have to go on it with the takedowns against Aldana because Aldana's got power. And she's pretty yeah, good. She she's, and she's pretty well-rounded as well because nobody's really taking her down and dominating her. So hopefully we see a, a different fight there. But we got somebody coming back for the first time in about a year and a, and a half, I, I believe. Carlos Condit has not fought in, a, fought in a long time. And he hasn't won since he beat Nick Diaz for the interim UFC welterweight champion, and that was in 2015, my guys. It's been a long time. He's taking on Court McGee this weekend. Uh, we'll start with you, Serge. Do you think that Carl- Carlos Condit finds that magic again, and he gives us one of those natural-born killer, crazy dog fights, bloody messy fights, or he's just he's lost it? You know Going what? I, I think that this was actually great matchmaking. Mm-hmm. This is against a guy that's also past his prime, You'd say and he was never at the top. If we're talking about prime for prime, who actually was, I mean, obviously, 
Carlos Condit's prime is way higher than Quartz McGee's prime, but as of right now, they're probably in a very similar spot skill-wise. So, I mean, I think this is an opportunity for him to have a good fight and, and maybe have a good win. But aside from that, I mean, is he going to do anything after this? No, we can't. I, I don't see it. 170 is stacked with guys that have, you know, that have styles that are specifically made to beat his style. Yeah. Um, He's been in way too many wars, man. It's just too much. His body broke down. He was great while he lasted. WEC, WEC OG champ. But at the end of the day, man, it, after this, he might get a win. I'll even maybe favor him in this fight. But nah, aside from this, that's it. Aldrich, the return of the natural born killer or no? Uh, no, no return natural born killer. I think he's past that. You know, you know, he like Sir said, he had amazing fights with Nick Diaz, that amazing title fight with Robbie Lawler. Um, yeah, he's past his prime. I mean, I would favor him in this fight as well, too. But do I think we see a glimpse of natural born killer condit? Nah, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with you guys. He, he's one another, he's, he looks like he can't pull the trigger either. He's lost pretty fast to Damien Maya, he lost to Damien Maya in a minute. He lost to, to um, Michael Chiesa really fast, too, and he got out-grappled, which is Carlos Condit was never a bad grappler, you know? He, he, he gets on his back, and he's working, and he's doing things from the bottom, and now he's just getting out-muscled by these guys, out-techniqued by he's these guys. And, mush. And mush, and it just maybe his technique is – maybe his ways are just a little old now, you know? And that's, once again, I go back to that Greg Jackson style. They might be having some issues there and just, like, not progressing and just staying in the same standpoint. Because a lot of those guys have been struggling. Look at John Dotson. John Dotson was knocking guys out a long time ago. Now you see him fight, afraid to pull the trigger, and he just doesn't look good against these guys. So I don't know what's going on over there at Greg Jackson's camp. If these guys got to move somewhere else to have different kind of training, I hope they do. I saw Carlos Condit training with uh, Donald Cerrone over there at the ranch. Not to say that's going to help that much because Donald Cerrone hasn't seen his best days either, but he's kind of mm-hmm. over the over the hill there. But I don't know. Something weird is happening over there in that Jackson camp, and I hope it gets better. But speaking of somebody, uh, Carlos Condit, uh, his last one was against uh, Nick Diaz. We're talking about somebody who bought Nick Diaz before, and Conor McGregor has had the most interesting week yeah. and a half. He is nonstop, not out of the news, and we just cannot stop seeing things. So on Twitter, Carl, um, Conor McGregor decides to go on a rant. He starts releasing DMs between him and Dana White, which, in my opinion, was a little weird, the fact that they're doing business through Instagram DM. That's very weird to me. You think they would call each other, text each other? If they text each other, that's fine. Email maybe. Email maybe. But the fact yeah. that they are Instagram DM to talk about big news and things that they want to do for the future is very weird to me. Conor McGregor asked Dana White, can I fight uh, Diego Sanchez in Ireland? And then after I fight him in Ireland, then we fight for the – for the uh, I fight Habib somewhere. And in all this, he just kept asking for different things. And Dana White was just like, listen, man, if I put together a fight between you and Diego Sanchez in Ireland, the promoters are going to like – Look at me weird and just like, I'm probably going to lose all the promotion. So I'm not going to do that for sure. But the fact that he put those out to try to prove that he did not decline a fight between uh, the, the fight with uh, Tony Ferguson, mm-hmm. he, put the, he put that out for that. Dana White got upset. He talked about it in the, in the press conference. He's just like, that's just a defiance of man code. Um, Nick, how do you feel about uh, Conor McGregor dropping those DMs? I guess he's trying to make a case to prove that he's not full of shit, that like, hey, this is in, indeed what happened and, and now you can't doubt it. But yeah, I, I do think it's a bit of shenanigans. You, you know, I'm not really a fan of people putting their dirty laundry out there. Um, it's not it's not a good look. But then again, I can I be surprised? I mean, we're talking about 
probably the biggest showman that UFC has ever had. Um, he's always going to do something because, uh, you know, for him, he's one of those people that, you know, bad publicity is still publicity. And, and so, you know, he's going to take whatever attention he can get, um, even if it comes in a way that, like Dana said, goes against man code or, or, or that seems illegitimate. Serge, you think that uh, Connor was really going to fight Tony Ferguson at that time that uh, they proposed it? Like he was going to be that backup? No, no, not at all, man. He, again, all cap. I'm calling it all cap, all cap all day. Because uh, Conor McTwitter goes out here and... <laughs> Conor McTwitter. I, I, I just... Trademark I, I that. I, Trademark that. Like, I, I, yeah, I, do that. I'm going on a copyright right now to trade, trademark right. that one. <laughs> Look, man, I just... I see what he does. He's, he, he repeats habits, man. Again, he's one of those guys that you look at and... When he's not in the public eye, he acts bad. And then he does something big to get back in the news cycle. And we oblige him every time, man. All cap on McGregor. No, he wasn't going to go ahead and fight Tony Ferguson. Because if he's actually going to try to fight somebody like Tony Ferguson, instead of fighting Donald Cerrone, he would have fought Justin Gaethje. Let's just keep it a bean. So you look at things like that. He's, he's picking and choosing. This guy literally threw it. And people say, oh, it was just a stay busy fight. That's all he was asking for. It's a stay busy fight. No, man. You literally want to headline, headline a fight with Diego, yes, yes, Sanchez? Are you kidding? No. Like, like that's not going to happen. So, I mean, the fact that he's, he's doing this, um, I think that Conor McGregor is finally figuring out something that a lot of us have known for a long time. Because of his inactivity, he does not have the power that he used to garner with the UFC. He just doesn't anymore. And now he looks like a, like a child, like pouting and crying. This is, this is ridiculous. Um, Aldrich, do you think that Conor McGregor ducked Justin Gaethje for, for a while? Because he had the choice to fight him, but he ended up picking Donald Cerrone. Do so you think he was do dodging him? Uh... All right, so I'm in between with both. I think he was ducking Justin Gagey. No, because one thing we have shown of Connor, when he wants to fight somebody, he does want to fight him. risk. <laughs> yeah, he does want to yeah, fight. Yeah. Sorry, listen, this man said, I want, to, risk assessment right there. I want the Diaz <laughs> brothers. I want this, da-da-da. I feel like he ducked Gagey. Possibly, but I think not. Cowboy, he wanted that fight because he's been out for me. Probably wanted the tune-up fight, and actually, he maybe like afterwards. Let me fight Justin Gagey because we all know facts. He wants that rematch with Khabib again. He knows for a fact he wants that rematch with Khabib again. And another thing I had to say about he deserves this, that rematch with Khabib just about as much as Bohachi and I deserves a rematch with Israel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Let's just keep it a buck. Right, but people, act, he's like, I need a rematch. Why? We saw. Why? It. Yeah, we saw what happened. You. Yeah. Like that's not a fight that I want to see. Like, come on. Dude, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If we get that rematch, he's not coming out alive. Habib no, is literally going to kill him. him. He's <laughs> going to murder him. With the mindset <laughs> that Habib has right now. He's like, you know what? I'm going to retire anyways. And you, and you, can, see, you can see the mind Bring state that Habib is in right now. I don't know if you guys saw. Habib did a, a media day serial today. Killer. And he was in serial His head was shaved. He's sitting there. The camera's close to his face. And the, the reporter asked him, so how are you going to feel like fighting without your, your dad? He's like, how am I going to feel? What kind of question is that? That's my dad. Do you have a dad? Yeah, you have a dad? Oh, you, if he died, how would you feel about it? I don't understand this question that you guys are asking me. He is coming with a killer mentality, and I don't think Conor McGregor wants any of that. Absolutely oh, nobody not. Nobody wants none of that. Not Besides in that. Justin. 
Besides Justin Gaethje. Besides Justin Gaethje. Besides Justin Gaethje. Look, I know Justin wants it, but I don't know if he wants that Khabib. I think he's like, dude, what happened to this nice, quiet Russian boy, you know, just from Dagestan, humble guy? Like, no, no. This is not the Habib that Justin wants to fight, unfortunately. If that all those things didn't happen, maybe it would have been a different kind of a fight. But we'll talk about that fight another time. But are we going to get to see this fight, Poirier against McGregor, in a charity event? Or are we going to see it actually happen in the UFC? Serge, I'll start with you. Man, Dana White said, y'all doing a chi-who? Chi-who? with a what? <laughs> Sign the contract. Sign it. You guys fight. That's what happened. It worked out. Dana White, this is, it, 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 what makes dollars makes sense. We saw what happens. They saw it. It was like, that's a fight. Dana looked at it. He can't make the money. Dustin, you get, you're not going to get the money that you want fighting Tony Ferguson, but you'll get the money that you want fighting Conor McGregor. He said, oh, sign me up. Yo, you want to fight again? I got somebody who's game. Oh, okay, sign me up. I generally believe Conor McGregor does want to fight. I generally believe that. Um, and I generally believe that Conor McGregor believes that he is better than Dustin Poirier. So I think that that is a fight that he will take because, one, he's confident that he could win that fight. But two, I think that he respects the way that Dustin has handled himself since that loss. He respects Dustin as a warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick? I mean, yeah, I, I, like Serge said, like charity, what? This, this is going to be a fight for charity? Hell no. This is gonna, they're going to make money on this fight. And, you know, you know like, uh, uh, like Serge mentioned, you know, like people are going to, you're not going to be able to make that money fighting Tony Ferguson. I mean, I would love to see that fight between Poirier and Ferguson. I, I would absolutely love it. But of course, you know, you're going to get a broader uh, fan base with a McGregor involved, no matter with who, you know, it could be a shit fight like with uh, like you had with Cerrone. People are still going to tune in. So imagine McGregor versus uh, Poirier. A lot of people are going to tune in for that because you're going to have the casual fans. You're going to have the, the elitist fans. Everybody's going to be involved in that. So um, I think it happens because uh, money-wise, it makes sense for Dana and I'll for Poirier. You. How did you think you, you are you tuning in to watch McGregor and Poirier spar in a charity event? Uh, for, <laughs> for a great cause, the way it is, sure. Shout out to the charities. But if I'm Dana White, um, let's see here. Um, we're in the pandemic, no fans, but pay per view fights, sure. Sign me up. Hey, go to contract. I need that money because say what you want about McGregor, we have an opinion. When this man comes to fight, the whole world's tuning in, and that's a lot of revenue you're gonna lose out for a charity. I mean, sure. They, the money could be donated after the fight, but they know I was thinking like, okay, good cause, but y'all gonna fight for this money on the pay per view <laughs> or like a headline of card, like nah. Yeah, Not only that, but I also I, I just want to add, I don't think I don't think uh, Dana's gonna allow McGregor to take the reins on any um, any entertainment uh, of this magnitude. So um, I don't know if this was McGregor's attempt to sort of try, try to break away and do his own thing. At the end of the day, Dana's the boss for the reason, for a reason. I do not think, I said this earlier in the year, I said this when the pandemic happened and McGregor was, oh, McGregor's going to fight here, going to fight there. They, the UFC will not put McGregor in any fight without fans. That's not going to happen. He's not going to fight in front of nobody. That's not, even if he wants to, it just doesn't make sense for business. And at the end of the day, business is everything for the UFC. You, and we know this. That's how they've always been. That's how they will always be going forward. There's no way that's going to happen. I don't see Conor McGregor fighting for this year. Maybe next year if things start to open up, Fans start to come in. I believe Bellator is holding an event in France, and there's going to be about 5,000 fans there. So things right are starting now. to, yeah, it's going on right now. So mm-hmm. those things are going to slowly start to to happen. So I think 2021 we see McGregor again, but one fight that 
he said that was going to happen, and he, he tried to announce this before he announced the charity event, was McGregor versus Manny Pacman Pacquiao. Aldrick, are we going to see this fight? I hope not. I don't want to see it. <laughs> no, I don't want to see it. I, I, I applaud you for them going to different sports, but no, just no. I don't want to see it, okay? I don't want to see Khabib versus Mayweather. Just no, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Sir, do you want to see this fight? McGregor versus Manny Pacquiao, does it happen? Do you want to see it? Would you watch it? Um, Do I want to see it? No. I, I, I hate these type of fights. I mean, I, I want to see the best in MMA fight, the best in MMA, the best in boxing fight, the best in boxing. I think these fights are trash. Is it going to happen? Fuck yes, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely going to happen. Come on, man. They have the exact... They have the exact same manager everything is worked out they all know it dana white's in on it everybody understands what's going to happen and this is a perfect way to go out there and generate money and interest with the ufc you guys are still going to get they're still going to get a cut out of it because let's just again keep it a bean they own the rights to conor mcgregor conor can't do nothing without the ufc as much as he likes to pretend like he can he can't so that's the thing about it they have him tied up yep. legally there's nothing he can do so for them, this is a perfect opportunity. We've missed so much money this year. Beautiful. Let him fight Manny Pacquiao. And this gives them leverage because look, this was gonna go out there and happen. He's gonna go out there. We already, we got stars coming up on, on deck. We got Asanya, we got all this stuff coming. We got like, Jod of heavyweight. Stuff is about to crack back here. They know Manny's going to knock him out. Manny is going to destroy the brand. And then when Connor comes back to the bargaining table, they're going to be like, bro, look at your brand. You got knocked out. You got embarrassed by a 43-year-old man. They're going to play that card. Do you think they're not thinking about this? That absolutely going to have that half fight happen specifically for him to get torched. Because let's not forget, Manny Pacquiao beat Keith Thurman last year. Keith Thurman. He didn't fight bums. He That's fought Keith Thurman. That is not he a beat bum. Keith Thurman. So he's going to destroy that man. I, that's going to be like a fifth round, just destruction. He's going to whoop his ass worse than he whooped uh, Ricky Hatton's ass. <laughs> so, Nick, uh, Ali Abdelaziz, who's uh, the manager of Habib Nurmagomedov and Kamar Usman, said on the Smokes podcast the other day that there is, he knows everybody in the Middle East. He has very high connections. He said there is no way that Conor McGregor fights in the Middle East. You think Ali Abdelaziz can stop this from happening? From from Connor fighting in the Middle East. Connor I mean, fighting in the Middle East. I don't know because Dana knows a lot of people apparently in the Middle East as well. So um, it's all about who has the better connections, you know. Um, it's it's weird, man. Like we like we were talking about in our in our last episode with with you know obviously after Covington's comments and stuff like that, and we mentioned you know McGregor's past antics and his comments. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they wouldn't want him over there, but at the same time. When you make those kind of comments and there's an opportunity for the person that makes those comments to get the shit kick out of them um i think people are going to line up to see that so um obviously you have a lot of uh you know animosity building up towards that and hate is a very passionate emotion so uh, it's possible that it does happen uh whether like i said whoever has the better connections is going to be the one at the end of the day to get the fight there um but it doesn't necessarily happen to uh doesn't have to happen over there but i wouldn't be surprised if it does either I think that it's a terrible matchup in a sense of at least Floyd Mayweather is a defensive fighter and he gives you time and he takes his time. Manny Pacquiao is a forward movement. I'm in your face. I'm throwing at you. 
I know Conor McGregor is a counter striker, but he is not as fast as, as Manny Pacquiao, and he does not have that boxing experience as Manny Pacquiao does. So I think it's a terrible matchup, but 100 million percent, I'm watching that. Of course, I'll be right there watching it. Am I going to pay for it? Probably not. I'll probably get an illegal stream because it's going to be too much money because you know how they roll with boxing. They, they charge you so much, but I would 100 percent watch it. I think it will happen just like um Audrey said they have the same manager I mean like Serge said they have the same manager the same manager they're gonna make that happen Dana knows about it it's going to happen but let me ask you guys this and I kind of want to bring it up as we're talking about it do you think that Ali Abdelaziz has some kind of connection within the UFC because he's always getting his fighters these these championship fights a lot of his guys have fought for champions uh, uh for championships so many different times is there something going on with Ali and the UFC Serge I'll start with you I mean, do, do I think he has a positive relationship with the organization so that they, they are willing to work with him? Yeah, that's just business. I think everybody in every business relationship has people that they prefer to work with than others. So I don't see it being anything like special. But one thing we got to talk about is how amazing he is at attaining talent. He's, he has a talented stable of fighters. And at the end of the day, if his fighters didn't earn those shots, all of his fighters have earned the positions that they're in. They're not just given to them. Everybody from who we're talking about, the guys in Bellator or to the guys in UFC and beyond, all those guys who and ladies who've won with him, is be, it's not because of any handouts. They're earning that. Nick? I mean, there's got to be, right? It, like, but like Serge said, they're earning them. You know, it's not like, it's not necessarily that, you know, things are just given because of the relationship that's there. I mean, these fighters are, are, are obviously working their ways up and they're deserving of all these opportunities that are coming forth to them. So um, I know that sometimes you can get, you know, obviously you, it could be perceived as that it's more who you know and, and kind of thing like that, but I don't necessarily think that's the case. Aldrich? Uh, I'll have to agree as well. You know, um, I had the pleasure to meet Ali Abdelaziz in person. Not a bad guy on Twitter. You know, uh, you know he does what he does. But like, <laughs> like they both say, he has, he has a great talent pool. Like he has majority of the top tier UFC fighters under his banister, Cody Garbrandt, you have Gilbert Burns, Usman, Rumble. You got guys who've been champion. You 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 have, uh, you have the huge talent pool under you. So of course, good business. And his, like I said, guys earned it. The guys put in work. You know what I'm saying? So um, you know, even like on even on the podcast, you said um, you know, he connected with Usman. Usman said, "Hey, sign Burns." So it's like it's it's just well rounded. But you know. These guys have earned their shot, but of course, having that good relationship with different organizations, good business is good business. I'm I'm gonna say that I think there's something sketchy going on with UFC and Ali Adelziz because when listen, Frankie Frankie Edgar is one of my favorite fighters ever, but when he got that title shot against Max Holloway, he was not deserving of that title shot at all. I am so sorry. There was other people that he should have fought, but somehow, some way, oh, Frankie Edgar is all of a sudden fighting Max Holloway. I'm on to Ali Adelzi. There's no way. And just like I said, you'll see it. When Anthony Johnson goes and he fights for a title off the bat, that's going to prove my point. Some kind of relationship that he has, because the man's been sketchy his whole entire life, if we want to be serious about it. He's been sketchballs ske- and a lot of things that, he, that he's done. But he does have an amazing group of talent. He does get this uh, big uh, group of talent. I agree with that wholeheartedly, 100%. He has very good fighters on there, from the Pitbull brothers to Cody Garbrandt. You know, that's another thing. Look, Cody Garbrandt's fighting for the flyweight title. Come on, you know that he and he never fought in the division. So for him to keep, you might be onto something, got, man. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm you telling might, you, you might, you might, you might be convincing me, man. <laughs> the man. <fact> I, that <laughs> he's, <laughs> the Cody Garbrandt, 
Cody Garbrandt, not one time has ever fought in a 125-pound division. He only won one fight Yo, just but now. They, but they, try, been... they have to keep it interesting at one Yeah, point. I get yeah, that. That's because, true. You know, I, I, I think, not the most I interesting. Uh, I think that's yeah. where it's coming from. It's not the you most know, interesting division. But, like, yeah, who are they going to put him in there against? Kai Kara France or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, maybe Brandon Roval, who looked great over this past weekend. That's who picked him? Who picked him? Who picked him? You did. You did. Listen, I apologize for sharing your picture chats. But anyways, guys, um, I appreciate everybody for being here today. This was amazing. We're definitely going to do this again. Um, you guys, put go ahead. Aldrich, start with you. We'll go around. Let them know where to find you at. Oh, guys. Um, I'm oh, no, no. Wait, wait. Before, wait, wait. before we do that, I'm so sorry, guys. I apologize. We got game two tomorrow. We got to drop predictions right now. We got the oh, NBA man. Finals game two tomorrow. I want a prediction, and I want a score. Aldrich, we'll start Ooh. with you. I'm going with the Lakers, and I'm, I'm predicting a blowout. I'm not sure what the score is going to be. I say like a hundred and something to maybe like seventy, eighty something. All right, Lakers with a blowout. All right, Nick, what do you got? No prediction. No prediction. <laughs> I already said this is out of my hands. There's injuries involved, but you know what? I wanna, I wanna, I wanna shine a little light. And actually, LeBron touched uh, upon this before the series a little bit. Don't underestimate. I know that our players are hurt, and I know that. Um, we might not have the best lineup tomorrow, but don't sleep on Eric Spolstra. A lot of people do that. A lot of people think that he's gotten to where he was because of only because of Braun and Bosch and, and Wade combination. He is a good coach. And if you don't believe me, just ask the Bucks, ask the Celtics and the Pacers. Obviously, they don't matter. But ask those two teams and ask the East. And I think that they'd agree. All right. Lakers man himself. Serge, what you got? <laughs> Look, man, I'm a look, I'm a Bulls guy. I just gotta let you guys know I'm Chicago, okay? Oh my god! <laughs> but my this apologies. is my other two. This is my other man. Look, we're not even gonna get into it. But it, but um, <laughs> I, I'll say this. Um, in, in terms of that, I think it really depends. Oh, and uh, in terms of Eric Spoelstra, I think Spoelstra is gonna go down in history as like one of the top five greatest coaches of all time. I think dude is incredible at what he does. Agreed. Um, I think he's just he he's an amazing coach. That I don't think doesn't get nearly enough credit as he deserves. Um, but. Uh, in terms of the series, as great as he is, uh, this, like you said, I think this just hinges on injuries. And at the end of the day, if yeah. Bam is hurt, if uh, Dragic is out, I mean, one eighteen ninety six. One eighteen ninety six. Lakers are gonna blow him out. I mean, I, like, if, I, if, if if this is yeah, this is this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> if 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 those guys don't, I mean, because think about it. Who do they have to play? They have nobody to rebound. If Bam's not there, nobody to rebound and nobody to to guard AD. What? What? Oh, they got they got Maple Dick Olenek in the bench. He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be hot tonight. We, you guys, we still haven't gotten the Ola, the Olenek game. All right, Olenek game in game two against Milwaukee. It might just be this one too. I'm not gonna obviously well, put it out there. I want to jinx this anything. This is the game they win. This is the game they win. If they if they have a game to win, this is it. Well, this is a I, must win. This is a yeah. must win for sure. If they do not win this yeah. game, it, it's either gonna be a sweep Wee. or it's gonna be a four one. It's not going to be good because they don't have two of their main guys that they really need. Two of their strong guys, especially down below. So I think the Lakers are going to win tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be too close. People are going to be upset. It's going to be a la uh, when Cleveland went against uh, the Warriors and they got they lost that game because of J.R. Smith, and then they just kept getting dominated after that. So I feel like the same kind of thing is going to happen, unfortunately, for the Miami Heat. No offense to them. I think the Heat did a great, amazing job getting to the finals. This is pure basketball. There's no fans. There's no home court advantage. And it's where we saw exactly where pure basketball happens. And as you can see what the real teams are, Milwaukee Bucks, I always said they were never that good. Prove my point. Miami Heat, they're there. Congratulations to them for making that far, but they're not going to make it too further than that. 
Sorry. But well, here's hoping that uh, another Dominique Reyes performance comes from the Lakers this uh, tomorrow. We're going off your picks, then, then I'm happy. I'll, I'll let you pick all. Aldrick, <laughs> let them know. Where can we find you at? You guys can find me at The Fight Dialogue. You can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Instagram, and on Facebook. And my personal account is Aliel2329. That's me. So that's where we're at. All right, Serge. Where can we find you at? Yes, sir. You can follow the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire oh. universe, The Fight Podcast. Oh, did I get, I get lost right when I was going to give my own plug? Damn. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're good. No, 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 you're good. You're good. I, I, you're good. Oh, I thought you said so. I was like, oh, my mic go? Have it on my mic. Um, no, but, uh, you're no. good. Um, you can follow The Fight Podcast everywhere podcasting is available, man. Um, we, we're a, a combat sports and culture show. We talk fights. And we, we, we have interesting conversations with people in the culture, man. Everything from politicians to, to scientists to all kinds of different people, man. We have a great a variety of people coming on the show. We always have a lot of fun. Check us out there. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page, The Fight Podcast. Check out the website, thefightpodcast.com. Check us out on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. And follow me at Serge Vicente, man. Boom. And you know where to find me and Nick? Right, uh, Mystic Black MMA on Instagram. You know that. Subscribe YouTube if you're watching from YouTube. Subscribe. If you're watching on Facebook. Go to YouTube. Subscribe. You know this is everywhere. I'm gonna post this on my Instagram right after. I appreciate you, uh, everybody, for Thank watching. Thank you for having course. us, guys. Thank we you are for absolutely. So Thank, you Thank you guys for being here. We appreciate yeah, it. We'll do it again, 100. percent uh, Once a week. We know this. We're on on the live. We'll talk about fights. We'll talk about the finals. We'll talk about everything. We'll just put it all together. But we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you guys yes. very soon. We're out. Boom. Go heat.